0: This is Earth Files, the award-winning news site with the latest updates in science, environment, and real X-Files. Podcasting in-depth reports beyond the 6 o'clock news by Emmy award-winning journalist
1: Linda moulton Howe.
2: Hi, everyone here and around the world. I'm happy to report We're about to break through 231,000 subscribers, and I got to meet some of you in Los Angeles last week at the Conscious Life Expo. It really was fun. Like before COVID, staying up late in deep discussions about UFOs, time travel, souls and reincarnation, entanglement. Is this a holographic universe? And when will earth power brokers finally open up the truth that we are not alone in this universe. Another hot topic was the four aerial objects shot down by the U.S. Department of Defense between February 4th and February 12th, beginning with this 200-foot tall Chinese spy balloon, photographed here over Billings, Montana on February 1st by Chase Doak on social media before being blown up on February 4th, 2023, over Surfside Beach, South Carolina, by a Sidewinder missile fired from a U.S. Air Force F-22. By then, the huge balloon had floated over much of the United States, including sensitive military regions from Alaska to Montana and across the country to South Carolina, where the Sidewinder missile shot it down, into ocean waters near Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, on Saturday, February 4th, 2023. As American sailors searched for the down spy balloon, China's Qi said he knew nothing about the balloon, raising even more questions. But the Pentagon insisted it was a Chinese surveillance balloon that had flown over sensitive American sites to collect intelligence. And then on Friday, February 10, 2023, a U.S. fighter shot down another mysterious aerial object described as, quote, a car-sized object flying over Dead Horse, Alaska, close quote. Dead Horse is an unincorporated community of people who work for the Prudhoe Bay oil field in Alaska's North Slope on the Arctic Ocean. And the next day of February 11, 2023, Canada's Prime Minister Justin Trudeau announced, quote, U.S. shoots down unidentified cylindrical object over the Northern Yukon Territory, close quote. And then the next day on February 12, quote, a U.S. fighter jet shoots down airborne object over Lake Huron near Canada U.S. border, close quote, by CNN. The U.K.'s Guardian added this description, quote, The high-altitude, unidentified object, described as an octagonal structure with strings attached to it and no obvious means of propulsion or lift. The same octagonal object had been picked up by radar earlier over Montana on Saturday, February 11th, before the shootdown over Lake Huron in Michigan on Sunday, February 12th, close quote. The Pentagon and the octagonal object traveled near U.S. military sites and posed a threat to civilian aviation flying across the Great Lakes region at 40,000 feet. So a professor of electrical and computer engineering at Boston University said about the octagonal object, I believe we will learn a lot if the vehicle can be recovered and examined. But so far... Search teams have allegedly gone home empty-handed. Back in the Pentagon, General Glenn Van Herk, Commander of NORAD and the U.S. Northern Command, is challenged to protect United States airspace. And General Van Herk told reporters that the military had not been able to identify what the three aerial objects were that were shot down on February 10th, 11th, and 12th. And he stressed that he was calling them, quote, objects, not balloons, for a reason, close quote, without further explanation. And when asked if he had ruled out extraterrestrials, General Van Herc said, quote, I'll let the intel community and the counterintelligence community figure that out. I have not ruled out anything." Meanwhile, out west at Edwards Air Force Base is the highly classified U.S. Air Force Rocket Research Laboratory, spread out over a range of hills in the desert near Boron, Kern County, California, about a hundred miles northeast of Los Angeles and north of Palmdale and Lancaster, California. Those desert hills and the men and women who have been based there above ground and below ground have kept secret the sizes, functions, and origins of UFO, UAP craft that our American military have been confronting over the past 80 years since World War II. Recently, I had a discussion with one of those men retired from a 20-year U.S. Air Force career. I'll call him John Smith now in his 70s, who was stationed at Edwards Air Force Base in California during the winter of 1979. It was a Sunday evening.
0: I was a sergeant. I was training a new airman, and he was on patrol with me. Part of my patrol zone was rocket propulsion laboratory. So we drove up there midnight shift, and at approximately 0, 0200 hours in the morning, I drove up and parked on the ridgeline so we could overlook a pretty good view of the Rocket Propulsion Laboratory. And as I parked there, it was a pretty clear night. It was winter time; You could see quite a distance. And the new airman spotted this object on top of one of the Rocket Propulsion Laboratories. It was a black disk charcoal, really dark and really large. And he asked me, what is that? And I says, I have no idea. I don't know. And so I picked up the vehicle radio, the microphone, and tried to call the desk sergeant, and the radio was dead. We both tried our portable walkie-talkies, and they both were dead. No squatch control, no sound, nothing. And during this time frame, this object rose up a couple hundred feet, And it didn't fly directly towards us, but like in a circular pattern, like a round circle, it came towards us.
2: How big in diameter?
0: I estimate it was the size of two C-5A aircraft, wingtip to wingtip.
2: Give me an estimate on the feet in diameter.
0: Uh, 800 to 1,000 feet.
2: Huge, round disc craft over Edwards Air Force Base in California. Yes. And at that point, did you and your new trainee say, why isn't anybody scrambling any airplanes out here to this huge round disc in the sky?
0: We tried to get help on the radios, but they didn't work. And so we were really concerned what was going to happen to us.
2: What is the closest that came down over your heads? I would say it was 200 to 500
0: feet above us, pretty close
2: you would think it would cover the entire sky above you and that you would be able to hear sound.
0: Right. it's really strange. Nothing.
2: No sound at all. And did it literally cover the whole sky above you when it was at its lowest point?
0: Just about. You could see the outer edge. It was huge. When it got within a couple hundred feet, I kept the vehicle engine on because it was wintertime and had the heater on. Well, the vehicle engine died. And then this object came directly above us, and it stopped. And during this entire time, I had the window rolled down. I heard no sound, and I took out a shotgun I had, and opened the door, and the airman told me, what are you going to do? And I says, I don't know. And he says, whatever you do, don't use a shotgun. And I said, this is the last resort. But it stayed above us for about 30 minutes. Then it rose up. It went a couple thousand feet north of our position, then it rose up a couple thousand feet. It stopped. Again, no sound. And then it slowly rotated from a completely horizontal position to a completely vertical position. Then again, it stopped. Then it slowly started spinning. And as it started to spin, these super bright, sparkler looking lights lit up its outer edge. And as it started spinning faster and faster, I noticed that the air felt like it became full of static electricity, and it actually became hard to breathe. And as this thing started spinning and spinning so fast that it became a solid white blur, it started to lift off. And as it lifted off, it looked like it was encapsulated in a bubble of sand, colored lights underneath it, about three or four.
2: Cyan, a bluish green.
0: Yes, bluish green. And around the bluish green, bubble was like a uh, white halo, really strange.
2: When this huge circular craft, 800 to 1,000 feet in diameter above you, was hovering, could you see any details about the underside?
0: There was no insignia, no markings whatsoever. It was just a clean... I didn't see any type of rivets or anything except four greenish-blue colored lights beneath it.
2: What was the shape of those lights? They were kind of roundish
0: blinking on and off a bluish-green color in one or two seconds. It went straight up, and it was gone from sight within seven seconds. It was super acceleration. And again, no sound at all.
2: It went up two seconds, and then from a standing still, it just zipped out. Yes. And there is nothing that humans have made that can do that.
0: As far as I know, no.
2: So what do you do now with the idea that you've got to tell some superior people about this?
0: After it lifted off, it was gone from sight. Our radios, the lights, the engine, all came back on. It took off, I'd say it was about 3.45. It was about less than two hours encounter. Well, when our radios and everything came back on, we called the desk sergeant and informed him of what happened, and they said that they contacted the radar tech, and they actually detected the object when it took off.
2: Did they have a speed on it? They didn't tell us that. They did record... This huge object taking off in that last rapid spurt, they did get that on radar.
0: Yes. We went back to the desk sergeant and he filled out uh, the Air Force 1569 incident reports. So we filled those out and we also briefed the flight commander and he told us this information would they put it in the desk blotter and the base commander would see it on Monday. This was a Sunday.
2: This was happening on Sunday night, and a ranking officer would see the report on Monday. What happened?
0: On Wednesday, we to we'd come in and speak to the base commander, the airman and I. We was waiting outside his office when this colonel came in and intercepted and told us he was here to see us and took us into a separate room. And he spoke to me first, and... Uh, the colonel was kind of strange because he's wearing a dress blue uniform. He had no name tag, no insignia. He never identified himself or give us even a name. He was really large, about six foot four or five, real muscular. He had gray hair of an older man, and he had these piercing green eyes, kind of strange. Anyway, he asked me to explain what happened in the sequence of events. And I did so, and then he had me draw on the chalkboard basically the shape of the object we seen. And afterwards, he got up, and he got right into my face. He said, you will never tell this to anybody ever again what occurred, what you saw. And he said, you understand me. And uh, I nodded my head. I never said yes, but I did nod my head. And we got caught back to see the base commander two days later, and this time it's was the real base commander. And waiting outside his office, these two large men, they look like metal linebackers dressed in suits. So I go into his office and he says, I want you to sign this. And I read it, and it says it's a non-disclosure agreement. It says what I actually saw was a helicopter practicing night landings. I got mad. I stood up and I said, sir, this is not what I saw. I saw the UFO. And then he stood up and says, you will sign this document that this was a national security issue. It was monitored at the highest levels of government. And so I refused again. And then I said to him, what I actually saw was a disk, a UFO. And as soon as I said the word disk, he started yelling, shut up, shut up. Don't tell me what you saw, a UFO, or I have to sign my own NDA. And so If you don't sign the document, you don't want to do that. I says, why? And he says, you never see your family again. In fact, you permanently disappear. And so I started thinking I don't have much options here. So I told him, I'm going to sign this document, but I'm signing it under duress, not of my own free will. And I signed it. I asked for a copy, and he said, get the heck, Used the swear word, out of my office. And so that's basically how it ended.
2: And you would have interpreted that what he was implying is if you did not sign that non-disclosure agreement, the two muscular security people outside of his door would take you, possibly to kill you, but to make sure that you would never talk again.
0: Yes. I was shocked. This is the Air Force base commander telling me this and from the airman And I haven't done anything wrong, except I was telling the truth. But evidently, they didn't want to hear the truth, or they didn't want nobody else to hear about it.
2: I think that it is the latter, that we have had policies of denial and lies since World War II from our government about anything related to UFOs and extraterrestrials. And now we are looking back at what the policies did to people who were simply reporting actual astounding craft, like what you and the airmen saw, 800 to 1,000-foot round disc is not anything that the United States has made or any other country on earth. Would you agree?
0: Yes. I spent 20-plus years in the military, and I never seen or heard of any object that belonged to our military.
2: After that threat... From the person who seemed like the base commander to you with the strange green eyes, did you have anybody else in superior authority just come to you privately or ask to talk with you about what had happened?
0: I started talking to people, pilots, flight test engineers. And I talked around the subject. I never told them about what I actually saw. That I actually had a UFO encounter. I was surprised that. Some of them came forward and said they'd had encounters too. One flight test engineer, a captain, was TDY, a temporary duty to our base. And we were working on a project together and we started UFO subject. And he told me that we had in our possession recovered discs that they were trying to reverse engineer, but they weren't making much progress because of advanced technology. And then he wanted Do not discuss or tell this to anybody, or both of us will end up having fatal accidents.
2: And did anybody talk to you about our government having bodies of extraterrestrials from other solar systems and parts of this universe, both dead and alive?
0: I never heard anything about that, except for what this captain said, that we did have recovered disks and that they were not from this Earth.
2: He said that? Yes. why is the truth of other intelligent life in this universe classified and why have truth tellers been punished since world war ii over the last 80 years and currently those questions are beginning to provoke some mainstream media to ask serious questions like this february 13th 2023 slate future tense article quote How the U.S. government made pilots too embarrassed to admit they'd seen UFOs, close quote. And after detailing the U.S. shootdown of the Big Balloon and the three other unidentified aerial craft that I began with tonight in this Earth Files podcast, Slate Future Tense concluded its article with these words, quote, The government created a monster with its handling of the UFO issue. The bias and shame surrounding some 50 years' worth of UFO sightings in the U.S. reinforce the need for the public to think critically, rather than succumbing to what investigative reporter Leslie Keene called the, quote, pure irrationality of the stigma, close quote. It also underscores how misinformation or disinformation starts at the top and filters down through the public until it takes on a life of its own." But instead of misinformation filtering down to the public, we all deserve truth told straightforwardly about the relationship of other life forms in this universe with this planet Earth for millions of years to this present day. So many of you viewers of this Earth Files YouTube channel have written me about your own military and civilian experiences with UFO craft, non-human intelligences, vivid prophetic dreams, and telepathic information. And it's only a few more weeks to the last half of April 2023 that the aerospace source that I have had for the past three years said, The Webb Telescope would be used to announce in April 2023, at last, the confirmation of one or more biological signatures on an exoplanet in another solar system beyond our Sun. And there are three more conferences scheduled between now and the end of April where I'll be speaking and hopefully a lot of you will be able to attend and we can meet in the matter world and talk about all of this together. Next up at the end of March 2023 is the Parapod Festival in Santa Clarita, California, just north of Los Angeles. It's on March 31st to April 1st a two-day celebration of the paranormal that includes a ghost town tour, Native American dancing, film screening, stargazing at night, and lectures, where I'll be speaking about from brains to galaxies, the key to everything is frequencies. The Parapod Festival is also honoring me with its Media Legend Award, which I am very grateful to receive. You can buy tickets at this website on your screen, ParapodFestival.com, and I hope I will be able to shake hands with a lot of you there. Next, after the Parapod Festival, will be Portal to Ascension, April 21st to April 23rd, 2023, and you can buy tickets on this website, ascensionconference.com forward slash tickets forward slash it would be so fun to be with a lot of you at that conference. And next, after Portal to Ascension, will be Contact in the Desert, June 2nd to 4th, 2023. You can buy tickets for that conference at contactinthedesert.com. And if you like this Earthfiles YouTube channel, please click now on subscribe, on like, on share. And tell your friends and let them know that our live Wednesday night shows are also available as podcasts. New episodes are released every Thursday after the live broadcast. So for that, go to podcast.earthfiles.com. And Ian, I'm interested to hear questions and comments tonight about what I think of as a very significant firsthand testimony of a military person who basically is a metaphor for all of what I have heard for decades. The uh, intimidation and sometimes physical punishment of people working in military who have had close-up encounters with UFOs, in a few cases even with entities, and they end up being punished, something that I hope will end in this decade. And I'm curious, Ian, if you have comments on that subject, as well as possibly people that are uh, suggesting in comments or messages that they might have had similar experiences. So the ball is in your court, dear Ian.
1: Thank you, Linda another fascinating report it sounds like you had a great time there at Conscious Life yeah. Expo okay well we've got people tuning in this evening from all around the world all over the United States and Canada United Kingdom is well represented this evening I'm proud of everyone staying up late for that also in, uh, Europe and Barbados Australia New Zealand Brazil Ghana Chile and Ireland are here. So welcome to everybody here. And I'm also gonna say quickly, uh, get well soon to Becky in Oregon. She's recovering from surgery, but listening in tonight. So get well soon, Becky.
2: Becky, send you most positive energies. Thank you.
1: Okay, Linda, we'll go straight to some comments. Tall man says that report makes you think how many people were erased
2: for knowing. Exactly. And we don't want to think that For those who may be tuning in for the first time, the implication about the government punishing military and intel for anything telling the truth about our relationship as a planet that has had other civilizations from other parts of this universe interacting for at least 278 million years is my understanding. Our government and other governments clearly learning on the job so to speak going from World War II and all of the deceptions and uh, What was happening between the Hitler's goals and the world? It's hard to look through that lens today and yet for the same content that people were pub- punished all the way back to the World War two to know that people are still being punished this day because UFOs and extraterrestrial intelligences have been the biggest truth hidden under claims of illusion, under claims of people not understanding what they're seeing. That the government felt that it was important all these years to keep the truth from not just the american population but other populations and now if we still cannot be told the truth if people are still being punished what is the huge implication that our government and other governments are worried about in telling the truth i have tried Over the last four years doing this earth files YouTube channel to to share with you what I think are accurate even if I don't have evidentiary material and that includes the president Ronald Reagan newly elected being given at Camp David a briefing March 6th to 8th 1981 by William Casey his new CIA director and friend They must have talked in great detail beyond the recorded session in which five different extraterrestrial civilizations are introduced to President Ronald Reagan. And he is told that one of them are hostile, are a huge threat to us and to others. And those were the Toronto insects. Well, that was 1981. This is 2023. The tronyloid insects have been described as some sort of a hostile enemy through all that period of time. So what is the current state? And if we have the Nordics and the tall whites helping us, and they are very, very advanced, why can't we be told the whole truth? Hostile entities have been part of life on earth and life in the universe. I assume from the very beginning of our consciousness and and other consciousnesses in the universe we're not in a universe that is one thing we're not in a universe that is all white all light all love all peace i wish it were but it's not and therefore telling the truth about what is considered hostile and threatening to the world population, along with telling the world now that we have allies, that we have very advanced allies. We're not sitting here unprotected by people like the advanced uh, tall whites and Nordics, as they have been described to me by several sources, some who have worked with them in aerospace uh, shoulder to shoulder, so to speak. So if that's happening in one layer of the United States and the world, why can't all the layers be discussed to all the layers of our earth? That is what I think a lot of us thought everything was moving toward. And then when the uh, defense authorization bill was finally passed uh, in December with it was on December 23rd when nobody was paying any attention, it was done quietly, and most of it was gutted. And the only thing that is left, after we thought we were actually going to evolve into a much more honest and straightforward forward relationship between our government, between the Pentagon, uh, between uh, everybody who knows the truth and the the world, they only change as I understand it and I've talked with some lawyers to make sure that what I'm reporting is what the essence is and it is what I have reported before the only thing that changes is that if you are a sergeant like uh, the man in my uh, segment tonight and you have a huge encounter like they had at Edwards Air Force Base, instead of his superior commander with threatening uh, language saying, You will never talk about this. If you do, you will not see your family and you will disappear forever. And I've heard that before. This is not the only time I've heard somebody repeat those words directed at them. The only difference, as I understand it, in the current new NDAA authorization language is that that sergeant should be able to talk to the commander about everything without the commander threatening the sergeant threatening his family or anything like that if anyone listening tonight has any other refinement to interpreting what has um, I guess you would say survived in the uh, congressional defense authorization uh, I'm open to uh, receiving information but I think that we're still in that strange situation for what is supposed to be a democracy of by and for the people because since World War two there's been this growing huge black government and it has been protected shielded from Congress from Oversight it has functioned and I Understand from some people who have been in in it that it that they were threatened If they did talk about what they were doing with extraterrestrials and back engineering ET uh, engineered technology That it would be a larger threat to the whole world because of the of the forces at work on our planet that are trying to manipulate humans in different ways with different motives meaning there are et agendas that are mixed and there are human agendas that are mixed and that when you collide those two together you get the complexity of different facets that have been unfolding over the last 80 years and that today as we should be being introduced by the Webb telescope to biological signatures in other solar systems without somebody Even classifying that, I pray that this spring, summer, we are going to at least get some honest information about an other solar system having biological signatures. And eventually, hopefully, biological signatures will finally lead the government to the language that they will finally feel like that they can tell the world that, yes, we're not alone in the universe. And I want to throw back to you all this question. When you hear the sergeant say tonight what the commanding, his commander at Edwards Air Force Base said to him, what is your reaction in 20 20- 23 should we be making any apologies making space for continuing those kinds of threats versus everything changing to full truth facts about what the government of by and for the people Actually knows about other extraterrestrial civilizations in this universe and the relationship between those civilizations and our ancient past and that ancient past includes the Mesopotamian cultures that as far as I know were full-blood ETs based on this planet and humans didn't come into the picture until 45,000 years ago meaning homo sapiens sapien so I guess it's the tension it's the tension between lies and truth the tension between deception constantly and camouflage whether it's ETS or, or our own government it troubles me to my core and my I guess I'm saying to all of you give me your feedback and maybe suggestions that you could make to your own senators, your own representatives, state level and uh, congressional level, about feeling finally strong enough for everybody to start telling the truth. The representatives of the people of a nation, of, by, and for the people, should be fighting to get the truth out about what other civilizations have been here are here are in this solar system and throughout this universe it just seems at this point incredible that it's all being kept secret except for little tiny pieces and theatrical projections and that the man that i shared with you tonight represents for me the disconnect between what the United States should be doing in leading this world in telling the truth not having commanders threaten people with their life and their family's life over the reality of 1000 feet diameter craft in the sky over one of our most sensitive air, uh, sensitive bases Edwards Air Force Base and the rocket research laboratory that really happened That really happened, one of hundreds of events. Truth makes us stronger, is my motto. Okay, Ian, I'll shift my energy into (laughs) less angry, but it all makes me angry.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I hear you saying that you've heard these. uh these threats before, I'm reminded of Glenn Dennis, the young mortician at uh, Roswell, who founded the Roswell Music- mu- mu- Museum. He was actually dating the nurse, wasn't he, who disappeared, and uh, he was actually told he'd be uh, picking his bones out of the sand in the desert. And then we had the case of-
2: Right, and the, before you go off of yeah. Glenn Dennis, he knew, I talked with him face to face in Roswell, he knew through that nurse that they had a body or bodies from one of those crashed disks.
1: Which, again, they, they're calling a, a balloon this time and the, a balloon that time.
2: <laughs> right. This, yeah. This protection balloon. in 47 by balloon, protection in 2023 by balloon. Only now it's from China.
1: <laughs> and we've got uh, th- this just in cynthia diane carey who's in the chat this evening she says my boyfriend and i were trapped behind a ufo that crashed next to us in 1966 in box canyon in san fernando valley the military held us at gunpoint for about six hours threatening us while the cut and then uh she runs out of characters she also says the military threatens private citizens just because a ufo crashed next to them
2: and could you ask her if she can email me directly or i i guess if she's listening uh can you email direct me directly at earthfiles at earthfiles.com my one and only email address and uh put in the subject line about uh being held what it was held by military
1: Uh, six hours by military yeah
2: put that in the subject line and let's see if we can't talk with each other
1: okay yeah let's go for it i've uh, put it in the chat now and we'll wait to see if she can uh, contact us and give us a bit more information about that we also have the case in the uk here the so-called berwin mountain incident where yeah. there's supposedly a crash to UFO where soldiers uh blocked the road and uh, yeah. held people back at uh, again I think probably at Gunpoint.
2: And uh Ian, do you remember if that was close uh to the date of December 26th to 28th at Bentwaters?
1: Well, I've not I uh, no that it was a um, uh, probably a bit more recent than that. I'd have to check my sources for that one. But there w- there was another one. As well. Yeah. It, like you mentioned the date of bentwaters do you remember there was the, uh, the the date of the the um the incident in texas of the um of yes. the chinook helicopters yes. and the um and the, the people who were burned in that incident then
2: That's right and it was uh, as well Yeah yeah and uh, the uh the mother uh and it was uh, aunt and mother and they uh it was the two was it It was exactly that same time period uh, that they had the sunburn because they got out of the car. Yeah,
1: the Cash Landrum. Cash Landrum.
2: Yeah, Cash Landrum. And I think it was on the 27th or the 28th, uh, which was in parallel with what was happening in England, but it was close to those dates.
1: Okay, back to the comments. We've got Emilio Rosario says... Uh, Wendell Stevens investigated the Amore Riviera, Rivera case in Puerto Rico. That was the one where there was clear photographs of an F-14 circling a quiet big disc. So he's reminded of that because of the uh, description of the UFO that was seen in, this, um, in the case that you'd reported at the start of the show. Uh, do you know any more about the Amori Rivera case?
2: A long time ago, uh, like back when I was doing uh, animal mutilation, 79, 80, 81, 82, somewhere, um, I met uh, one of the Puerto Rico investigators, and I'm not sure about the timeline, um, but there have been many different things that have happened in Puerto Rico. Uh, The chupacabra, I was there for over a week investigating the chupacabra and had uh the experience of uh talking with people that were around an intersection in one of the puerto rico towns and why this is important the streets went crossed and there was a uh, store here there was a car auto repair shop here across and then there was another shop and something here but right here there were multiple eyewitnesses at the same time that included the two women working in this shop they're standing at the I was in that uh, in that shop and stood exactly with them where they showed here was a big plate glass window and they are standing the sidewalk was right here There was nothing between here the wall of the store went to the sidewalk the sidewalk went to the street so people would walk really close to the window and the people in the shop when I was standing there people walk by and I saw how close the uh, owner and the other woman working with her they were standing at the glass when a chupacabra uh, standing about five feet high very bizarre uh, beige gray skin with strange pieces of what looked like maybe hair but not covered with hair it was mostly skin Walking holding in three, they saw only three fingers dangling and but the, the hands were up like this as they walked right by the glass window where the owner and the uh, the worker couldn't have been more than as they said, a foot or two from them. They're on one side of the glass. this creature is walking that close to them. the eyes. They said, I remember that they said if you took jello and cut the jello into uh, ovals that slanted the, the, and turned them gray, not black, they said that the skin was sort of gray and the eyes were kind of like this gray jello. And then something happened, a sound, something, and they saw this creature jump. And that's what they said they said it was like it was on springs it just jumped and ran well that was testimony of two eyewitnesses in Puerto Rico that I was able to talk with on the chupacabra and the chupacabra was associated in Puerto Rico with lots of oval lights in the sky are you there
1: Linda, I've got another um, comment here from the desolate one. Um, this is uh, about the balloon and unidentified flying objects being shot down. He says, interesting topic to cover. I'd ask, why are the classical names used to cover the phenomena suddenly used now, when we're at the precipice perhaps of a future war?
2: It's the irony I thought as soon as I started hearing news saying uh, they're saying it's a a weather balloon, and to feel the irony, the historic spring back to 1947, where weather balloon was used as the excuse to cover up what was definitely the crash of an extraterrestrial technology that made the headline in the Roswell Daily Record on July 8th of 1947, flying disc crashes in ranch. And that was because that information leaked out of the Roswell Army Airfield uh, through Blanchard, who was there, who allegedly was he was just doing what he thought was his duty in the military to put out this uh, tele. I think it was a telegram uh, that went out into uh, the news and that's how that ended up in the Roswell Daily Record. It was the truth that it was around, quote unquote, disc from somewhere else. But what, within 48 hours, uh, the uh, military in, and Texas and New Mexico uh, getting the uh, meeting that would be photographed with a phony uh, weather balloon, and all of that covered allegedly. The truth about the crashed disk there well we don't have somebody saying that they have seen a crashed disk but what has happened is uh, the mystery of what are the three other airborne aerial objects one cylindrical one octagonal one I don't know and the uh, the big one that was shot down off the coast of uh, the North Carolina, South Carolina region. And it's like the same thing echoing through history from 47 to 2023,
1: isn't it? And we've also got a comment, there's been no released gun camera footage either.
2: I think that that physicist that I quoted in my earlier comments tonight who said if we could study that cylindrical and or the octagonal object, we could probably learn a lot. I read in between the lines that this was a physicist that somebody called and they were probably asking questions. And that meant that they knew that it was not a weather balloon or anything like that. And we were able to find and get crews out to look underwater and usually our military our intelligence our seals are so good when they are assigned to do something and yet here, the three next objects it was summed up in the new york times i think it was uh yesterday it was what no no discovery just going home meaning what we We're leaving these three objects that we shot down because it's too hard to get them? Is that really the truth or is that another cover story? And I want to say that I often, because of the complexities, because this is a hall of mirrors with a quicksand floor, this is a 16-layer chess game in which you can't tell the players apart without technology. I often have great empathy with everybody that's in the Pentagon, Edwards Air Force Base, everywhere. Because whatever we're, whatever facet of it that we are interacting with, every facet for the last 43 years that I've been trying to understand since investigating animal mutilations and UFOs and ETs, which are connected, it becomes so com- complex, so complicated so many deflections so many policies of denial and you need evidentiary material and proof and our government has it in spades in underground laboratories underground archives we have all the evidence and physical truth that anybody would ever want it's all underground or in mountains Or on the moon even and probably some on Mars how and why do they think that this generation at this point in the middle almost the middle of the 21st century that they should continue these policies of lies and denial it just doesn't make any sense go ahead Ian do we have any other uh, reports tonight
1: yeah, well, first of all, let's do the Super Chats. So I want to okay. thank everyone for their generous donations this evening. Uh, again, we've got Moonbird, Terry D. Camp Hi. Freedom.
2: Thank you. i say say Moonbird has been there forever, and I, I celebrate his always being there. Thank you.
1: Yeah, and I'm seeing some familiar names here in the, in the Super Chats as well, some more familiar ones. We've got Yin-Yang Glow, Diane Schroeder, Caroline Boyce, Fabian Far Beyond, Patty London, Stacey Watkins, and Rebecca Cole. I'm sorry if I've missed anyone.
2: Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And now what other reports do we have?
1: We've got some more comments. Uh, we've got Spirit of Anna who says, I have been told by family members who work in military that all UFO sightings are taken very seriously. I have been part of two group sightings of UFOs and one alone.
2: Yes, and uh, is there anybody who has said, I have been face to face with greys reptilians Nordics tall whites teals the list goes on and and if they aren't would you tell me tonight from those of you who have had face to face either conscious or an abduction because I get so much handwritten mail about first-hand face-to-face encounters that are current dates, not historic. My assumption is that even if we're at a transition point, where the government is trying to find a way to open up what they have hidden and lied about for 80 some years, and currently there are people that are still being abducted. But there are also stories in which people have had interactions with non-humans, such as tall whites and Nordics, where they feel they have been helped. It isn't one story. It's complicated and it's multiple. And maybe it would be very interesting for those of you who, I don't always have to use real names, as you know. I keep people anonymous who request. But I know that there are face-to-face interactions that are going on with people that are not necessarily in military or uh, science or medicine or under some federal uh, agency contract, that there are other people in, in the civilian world who are having interactions. And it would be interesting for those of you who are in 2023, for example, this specific year, only January, February, soon to start into March what is happening currently among the population that is coming to earth files having to do with vivid dreams uh, physical interactions interactions with the colored orbs frequencies Um, people uh, also talk about that you can have uh, frequency tones that suddenly might enter your house or your car I would just love to know if anybody is having current interactions and if there are telepathic communications about we're trying to get to a point where we can introduce ourselves and and what is going on with the government Um, so in it's like oh let's open to people to be protected i I will never give anybody's name or location at the request for anonymity but it would be very interesting to see what's happening now in 2023 a year that feels like it's got so many unexpected things coming around the curve
1: Tendo, I've got Bigbase two five five in the chat. Says I've seen the whites. We've got uh, May seven seven seven. able says they were taken at the age of four. They're not describing the beings at the moment, but saying it was a horrific face. And we've also got I can't explain. Who says I've been face to face with greys, mantids, tall whites, and many others, fully awake.
2: Was if that person right now is still can reply. What was the atmosphere in the relationship between those five or six types? Was it positive, neutral, negative, on a scale of 10, one hostile, 10 very friendly? Where was it? Can can we have some information before we close?
1: Keep it coming, uh, people in the chat. Give us some more information. Yeah. This, and also give the, us information at earthfires at earthfires.com.
2: Yeah. And the person who just said that they had those I- encounters, can they just say back whether they felt hostility, friendliness, or whatever with each different type?
1: Yeah. I guess we're talking about uh, I can't explain. Who says I've been face to face with those yeah. different types.
2: I can't so, explain. I, before we. Okay. In the next uh, two to three minutes, can you send so that Ian can announce what kind of atmosphere was with each kind? I would love to do this. I'm
1: watching the rolling chat as we go. Yeah. uh, If there's something pops up, Linda, I'll, I'll tell you. LH Cambria reminds us that army intel Edward Abbott was also threatened and his cell SIM card was taken from his phone because of UFO photos.
2: And that was and the uh, Eddie Abbott in Hawaii, right? That's right. Yes, that's right, it's true. Uh, and the, uh, I guess the, this huge question, I wonder how far in this universe it extends and I mean it seriously, any civilization. Is it only Earth that is having this problem of having had extraterrestrial civilizations here thousands and thousands of years ago, building the pyramids, being advanced, uh, going away, um, genetically manipulating the creation of other humanoids, we being the one of the examples of a genetic manipulation of already evolving primates and that ETS then go away to other planets where they are setting up other civilizations are all of they are all of the galaxies and the planets at some stage going through what's happening on earth or is there something really weird here about a history of Anunnaki that were basically violent, coming up through Mesopotamian ages, uh, the issues of avatars, uh, where we are as a current species in relationship to going out in. We're, We're definitely going to start going to Mars in a public way. And we will be going perhaps out further, and they will let everybody know that there are these huge starships that we have the Curtis LeMay, that we have uh, the Helen Ketter, and that we have uh, the Vandenberg, and that they are working under the tutelage of the Nordics and the Tall Whites. And you would think with all of that that we could all be told the truth. And if you look back through ancient history, in many ways humans have always been subjected to an isolation from the truth. And maybe, by God, this is now the time to break it open. Have we gotten anything from?
1: Yeah, um, we've, we've heard now from I Can't Explain, who uh, says greys and mantids are extremely hostile, in their opinion. Uh, Tall whites are peaceful. There are many others as well. I've never had any personal experiences with reptilians
2: Well, you know, the fact that most people that I've interacted with, which I would say in terms of transcripts I've done in recordings, notes in phone interviews, um, and recorded phone interviews, Probably, well, hey, how about
1: um, this? I can't explain as just said. The things I could tell you would li- would blow your mind, Linda. I really wish I could have some time to speak with you. Well,
2: c- please, <laughs> please <laughs> Email send me your send me and and I'll put files. you on next week. Me. I'll put you on next week if we could talk about. It. I would really appreciate understanding uh, your firsthand experience. So send me your contact information at, earthfiles, at earthfiles.com at dot com, and we will organize a a conversation Uh, but what I was what I was trying to grapple with is if there are multiple extraterrestrial types and they range from hostile to friendly and that the tall whites are considered geniuses among them all and that the tall whites are not hostile They are allies. Why cannot that strength alone, that people in aerospace have worked shoulder to shoulder with them, why can't their genius and their allyship be introduced? And then wouldn't the world then feel comfortable enough to be introduced to anything defined as hostile, knowing that the tall whites can handle just about anything? Isn't that basically the position of our government? That's what I've been told. As long as we are working in allyship with the tall whites and the Nordics, we are going to be okay. So, why can't that be introduced? That's a question to any and all of you listening who might have military insight to that. I don't pretend to have all of the answers or all the questions, but I'm just struggling. To understand why can we not be told the truth now
1: Linda breaking news we've just broken through two hundred thirty one thousand subscribers just now right at this moment
2: oh great thank you you guys it's a kind of a metaphor uh, I uh, my energy is that as long as we keep growing no matter what all is happening in the conflicts and the contradictions of Congress and everything else, that at least we can keep growing and having these dialogues which mean a lot to me and I think they mean a lot to you. And that is what I want to do in the Earth Files YouTube channel. And uh, you've got the podcasts to go to on Thursdays and on after each live show. But I feel inside myself, and I think some of you do, too, in what you have been sending me. There is a sense that we are in a moment of great revolutionary change at lots of levels. But the one of the best things that all of us can do that are honest with each other is try to include at the Earth Files YouTube channel into honest, straightforward, descriptions of interactions with other intelligences and the more we can do it straightforwardly no deception here are the facts that I think the better we will all become and on that note dear Ian Brad Eric everyone who helps me do this thank you and I hope all of you will go to one of the parapod uh, to the uh, contact in the desert uh, to uh, ascension portal to ascension at the conferences and we can have long discussions like we just did at conscious life about some of this and really keep the energy of opening truth going and not be depressed and saying oh they're now going to cover up everything with a weather balloon so why bother it's tremendously important to be on a planet, in a solar system, in a galaxy, in a universe that is telling the truth. That may be the entire challenge to this cosmos. I love you guys.